Thank you. Please be seated. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. We're gathered here, friends and family, mostly family, uh, to give witness to our faith in God and to celebrate the life of Miss Carmelita Taylor who graduated from this life into life eternal on January the 2nd, 2021, after uh, a courageous battle with cancer. Uh, she, of course, is survived by Stanley, her husband, and her son and daughter-in-law, Spence and Greta Taylor, grandchildren, Spencer and Whit Taylor, and she, uh, was predeceased by her parents, William Henry Dub Ridgway and Mamie Fletcher Ridgway. Lita was from Fife, Alabama, and was, and I was not surprised when I read this that she was uh, Fife's homecoming queen. Did not surprise me at all, knowing her. And just as, as life does us some ways, uh, she would passed by her husband-to-be driving in opposite directions back and forth to work. So it just goes to show you just never know who you're going to run into. Once they got together though, um, they were married for 58 years, for over 58 years, and moved to Gadsden uh, right after getting married. Um, Lita was a part of this First United Methodist Church family. And we absolutely loved her. She was part of our Thursday night worship family. I was, was telling some of the family earlier, uh, that's a special group. Um, she was um, very active in a lot of our different ministries. Most recently, she was active in our clothes closet. Um, and she kept on serving in our closed closet, uh, one of our vital ministries to this community. Even, even after the pandemic, uh, she just put her mask on and keep on going. She, in uh, her other activities outside of the church, was part of the Service Guild, the Antiquarian Society, the Interse Club, and other organizations. Uh, you know her in, in different roles. I knew her as, as her pastor, but she was a devoted wife and mother. Um, she was spry and energetic. She was loving. Um, she was known as Gigi to her grandkids. She was a good friend, a caring and servant's heart, and she's going to be greatly missed. And we are holding up the family and friends and those, even those who are not with us today, if you're joining us and by live stream, uh, we're praying for you too. We know that the God of all comfort will comfort us today. Will you join me as we pray? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, from whom we come and unto whom our spirits return, You've been our dwelling place in all generations. 
You are our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Grant us your blessing, Lord, this hour and enable us so to put our trust in you that our spirits may grow calm and our hearts be comforted. Lift our eyes today beyond the shadows of this earth and help us somehow to see the light of eternity so that we may find grace and strength in this in every time of need. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now I want to invite you to join with me as we confess our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. You'll find it in the bulletin you received. Let us gladly say what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. At this time, I want to invite Spence to come and share with us. today to say a few words on behalf of uh, my, my dad and wife and uh, family and um, and just to remember my mom with a few little stories and just uh, all that she meant to us um, first I'd just like to thank Pastor Sam and the church and Mr. McNair Mr. Harrell um, everyone who has Put this service together during a challenging time, and and we we just it means a lot to us. We appreciate everything y'all have done, and we want to thank all of our family for being here, um, for all of uh, the friends, moms, friends, dads, friends, my friend, our friends, for the emails and the texts, food, just all of the prayers and support over the last week, but in particular, just really over the last few months. Um, we can't thank you enough, and we want to say thank you to all of Mom's caregivers, her doctors, and her nurses. Um, Beverly and Carolyn were two sitters who stayed with Mom and Dad some over the last few months, really took care of them. There was a sweet sitter in the hospital at Brookwood the week before Christmas, and her name fittingly was Mary, stayed with Mom um, and uh, just uh, stayed more than she needed or had to and that just really meant a lot to us but uh just want to thank all of our family and friends here today and anyone who's watching this now or in the future and all of you for tra traveling today uh, messy day there's so many good things that 
just wonderful and good about my mother, and I know that each of you had your own unique experiences with her. She was a beautiful, elegant, graceful lady, um, inside and out. She was petite, but incredibly strong. And uh, I can't tell you how many times over the last week that I've heard people say that they, I loved your mother. And, um, and I know that that was heartfelt and that she loved you too. Um, but, um, you know, remembering mom, I think back to, uh, you know, she was, uh, as Pastor Sam said, she was a devoted wife. Uh, grew up in Fife, Alabama, and, and met my dad somehow, who was teaching typing at Fife High School, even though he'd never typed a key in his life. And, uh, and my mom was working at Boykin Tractor, and they passed each other, and somehow they met. They're different versions of the story of how they met. But soon they were married, and at the time, my mom was from the, was a Ridgeway, and her family helped start the Methodist Church in Fife and were known and loved in Fife. And up until my dad came along, neither my, my grandfather, my mother's father, or his father, or their brothers, the whole family, none of them ever owned a gun. And, uh, but my dad's influence after a year or so, they were all, every one of them owned a gun. And uh, one of the, uh, one of the, first thing that happens is, is that uh, there's, there's a story about them hunting a field somewhere in Fife and they were shooting late or at least that's what the game warden thought and uh, dad went to, I guess to the car to get some more shells and the game warden popped up he said you're under arrest and uh, and then he walked back over and he arrested every single member of my mom's family except for her grandfather because game warden said I never saw you shoot Claude and, uh, and just in a matter of months or maybe years my dad had turned the fine upstanding Ridgeway family into a band of outlaws um, but uh, but mom was a wonderful wife to my dad 58 years they're just so many things they experienced over the years together and just had a wonderful marriage and, and we're so thankful for that. My mom was a, a wonderful mother to me and a wonderful mother to my wife Greta who just was so close with my mom and, and that was such a blessing, I mean just a tremendous blessing just as it is that Jack and Susan have been a wonderful blessing to me, um, Greta's mom and dad and it's just made all the difference in our marriage. There is one little story I want to tell, and I've, I thought about it this morning, really occurred to me to share this, and it's not a flattering story, it's really embarrassing, but when I was little, just in terms of mom being a great mother to me, she was wise and she was strong, but uh, there was a little girl in our neighborhood when I was little, probably in elementary school, and I had a crush on her, and I confided in my next door neighbor, another girl, and of course she immediately told uh, the, the girl I had a crush on everybody in the neighborhood and pretty soon three or four of them were walking around the house and they were singing Spence loves Susie and I could hear them singing it out the window and I, I was uh, tender-hearted probably fourth grader and I was upstairs just crying humiliated just disgraced and humiliated and my mom came up there and she said 
you know, what's wrong? Why are you, uh, why are you so upset? And I told her. And she said, let me tell you what I want you to do. You go outside right now and you look them straight in the eye and you just make it known that it does not bother you at all that they're doing this. And in fact, if you want to, you can just join them in going around the house and singing. And that's what I did. And when I did that, it was over immediately. And, um, and I'll just never forget that. It was just such good advice. And she had so much good advice for me my whole life. Um, she was a wonderful daughter to my grandparents. I can remember going to Fife with mom almost, you know, in the summertime when I wasn't in school, it seemed like almost once a week. She'd help her in her garden, help her in her house. She just was such a, a, a caring, loving daughter to them. And she helped my grandmother so much in her later years, just was constantly there with her. And she's, as uh, Pastor Sam said, my mom was a wonderful grandmother to Spencer and Witt, who called her Gigi, and just awesome, just fun, um, loving, caring, encouraging, just wonderful, wonderful to them. And most, most uh, here today and, and anyone watching will remember my mom as a great friend. And, um, and I think she had dear friends and, and something that's, that two of, two of her dearest friends were my Aunt Janet and my Aunt Doris uh, when Doris was alive. Mom would talk to Janet and Doris and another friend I remember her talking to on the phone was Tomlin Isbell. And I remember those three in particular because it seemed like they talked to each other forever. I mean, it, it would, they would get on the telephone and they would be on the phone for, for at least an hour and probably longer. One time when I was in elementary school, I was sick. I had a reaction to a measles shot and I felt awful. Um, and the teacher said, go to the principal, call your mom. You gotta get somebody to come get you. You've got a fever, um, you're sick. And so I went down to the principal's office and sure enough, we tried to call mom and I got the, the 1970s busy signal. And it just, we kept calling and it was busy and we kept calling. And finally they sent me back to the room and then I came back again to try to call. Finally, the, uh, the principal got on the phone with the operator and they performed an emergency breakthrough so that mom could come check me out of school. And one other time I remember, just briefly, is we had a dog that would come to school and you know, back then there was no leash law. And if you had a dog, it roamed at least a one to two mile radius like a deer. Um, and uh, my dog came inside the school, the principal came to get me and said, you gotta get your dog out of the school. And I knew at the time, uh, or it was gonna go to the pound, and I, I knew at the time, chances are that mom was gonna be on the phone and I would never be able to get through to her. And sure enough, that's what happened. And I was outside trying to tie the dog to the school bicycle rack with my shoestrings when a neighbor drove up and saw me doing that and, and took the dog to the house. But, but mom was a, was a, just a, she loved uh, all of her friends. And I just think about all of the, joy she had in, in serving her friends and serve just whether it was a party for a wedding or a birth or any number of things. And, and I think so many of you will probably remember mom. She was just constantly working and joyfully working as, um, as just uh, helping her friends and providing support.
Um, but really, I guess the, uh, the last thing I would just observe about mom is she was a faithful servant. And she believed in Jesus Christ and, and she read her Bible daily <clears throat> because it gave her strength. And uh, she prayed for, for all of us and I think probably all of you at one time or another, I'm sure she has. Um, but, and as Pastor Sam pointed out, she served clothes closet and that was just a joy for her. She, she absolutely loved doing it. And um, when uh, mom finally passed after these last few months, as difficult as the, the last couple of weeks were, I just want you to know that we felt absolute peace. Uh, my dad, Greta, and I were sitting right next to her. The kids were downstairs, and, and we just felt peace because we knew where mom was, and, and we, it was just, uh, we were sure of it. And so, um, you know, as we look back on our life, there have been a lot of tears shed by, I know, many of you and all of us. And, but I just want you to know that we're joyful and we're hopeful. I look at mom's life, and she lived 78 years. And I think if we think about it, almost all of that time, uh, with the exception of the last few months and a few other brief times, she was healthy and she was happy and um, just such a blessing to us. And the last thing I think I would just say is that over the last few months, I just there have been so many times where we have seen God's hand um, by either just bringing something to our attention, whether it was a Bible verse. I remember sitting in her doctor's office one day and, and reading the Bible verse on the wall, Romans 8, 28, that God uses all things for the good of those who love him. And that's a verse that has meant a lot to all of us in my family and, and when I saw it, it just I just knew it was God delivering a message. And the other message that has just been with me in particular throughout the pandemic before we even knew mom was sick is from Psalm 90 and it's, it says to teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that verse has been with us through all of mom's sickness because we didn't know how much time we would have with her. And so you just learn to appreciate the time that you have. And I just think about that with respect to mom, but, but I've, I'm learning it, that it's true with each of us. All of our days are numbered. And um, we need, at least I need to remember that because what we do with our time, even in during the pandemic, whether it's reaching out to loved ones or, or being prayerful or worshiping God, whatever it is, we just, uh, it's helpful to remember that. But anyway, um, just thank you again for everyone for being here. Thank you, Pastor Sam, and appreciate y'all letting me share these words and thoughts about my mom. Thank you, Spence, for, for um, being a spokesperson for the family and uh, for those stories. I, I'm try, still trying to picture some of those things in my mind, you getting the whole family arrested uh, with, with the guns, with the game board and everything. I love that. Absolutely love it. I want to share some scripture to you uh, that's special to, um, to Lita. 
and the first one is um, Psalm 91. So hear these words of the psalmist from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and take His uh, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord... Uh, is my refuge, even the most high your habitation. No evil will befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread on the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And the gospel reading today is from Matthew uh, chapter 25 and verses 35 and 36. Jesus says, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me. And then finally from the Gospel of John chapter 14, hear these words that Jesus uses to comfort his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled, he tells them. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then in verse 27, Jesus says this, and this is something that Spence talked about earlier. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
Thank you so much, JT and Benny, for that beautiful song. I have one more little passage that I want to share with you. Uh, this one from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 9 through 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is, is known as the love chapter. You've probably heard it read at um, services, maybe at weddings. Um, but there's right after um, this chapter tells us that love is, is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, and all of these qualities of love, which we, we could insert Lita's name into all of that. Uh, this is what it says in verses 9 through 13. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. For when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And this is really kind of what I want us to focus on. For we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, for I know in part, but then I shall know even as I also am known. Now abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I was thinking about this scripture and thinking about Lita, and I was thinking about that before we were born, before all of us were born, and we were all just living inside of our mother's womb, we really had it pretty good, if you think about it. We, we were safe, and we were warm, and we, we didn't have to worry about anything. We just just got to eat and sleep and float around, you know. We didn't have to get up. We didn't have to go to work. We didn't have to worry about cooking food. It was all provided for us. We didn't have to worry about taking care of ourselves or anybody else. We didn't have to clean up anything. Uh, basically, our mom took care of everything. We were very close to the heartbeat of our mom. Uh, that was our favorite sound as we were inside of our mother. Our favorite sound was our mom's heartbeat and then the sound of our mom's voice. We could hear probably, they tell me, we could hear noises from the outside world, other voices, funny sounds that we didn't really understand and they were interesting and, and I, probably in our little baby way we were curious about them but mostly we were just focused on our little world it was all that we knew and it was pretty good up until a point because at some point things kind of began to change and the world that we were experiencing all wasn't as comfortable as it used to be and we were even though we didn't understand it we were in transition it was a little bit frightening uh, we still could hear our mom's voice. We still could feel our mom's heartbeat. Um, we knew that somehow it was going to be okay, but things were changing. And then one day it happened. Um, we left behind the only world we'd ever known. And we entered a brand new world. 
And the voice that we had previously only heard faintly was now loud and clear. And for the first time, we saw our mom face to face. We were in a whole new world. We were in a place that had things that we could never have imagined. We knew that we were loved before, but this was love and joy in a whole new level. The old place that we were used to was really, really good, but wow, this new place, indescribable, unimaginable. And really, that's what we're here to celebrate today, that, that Lita Taylor has now passed from her old world into a brand new world. And no matter how great imaginations we might have, we can't even imagine the sights she is seeing. We can't imagine the sounds that she's hearing right now. The voice that was with her to some extent her whole life is now loud and clear. The presence that she could feel from the time she was a little girl, that, that presence and that heartbeat of her creator, she now experiences to the fullest. And the things that we only see dimly now, we only glance at dimly as if we're looking in a dull mirror, Lita is seeing with perfect clarity, face to face, known even as she is known. Now, that which was in part for Lita has been done away with and the perfect has come. This new world is one that has a place that was prepared especially for Lita. I have always loved how personal Jesus is in John chapter 14 when he says, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house are many dwelling places and I go to prepare a place for you. God has a place prepared just for Lita. And he says, I'm going to come get you someday and I'm going to take you to this special place that I've prepared for you, a place just for you. And I just think about it and I wonder what Lita's place looks like. I wonder what her mansion looks like. I can, I can just imagine. I can just, just imagine a whole new world. The world that she knew had a lot of bright spots and, and um, those 78 years she spent in that world and um, she spent with you all, um, she had a wonderful life. I, I've only uh, known this family for a short time, uh, but in the time that I've known Stanley and new Lita, um, I've just grown to love them. Uh, it, it's, uh, I was explaining earlier, it, you would just have to come and see uh, this church family to know that it really is a family and we really do love each other and we are connected. Um, I appreciate, Spence, what you said so much and you said it in a, in a way that was so personal and so eloquent. Um, and I just know what I observed, um, that Lita loved the Lord and that she loved her family very much and she loved her church family very much.
and she loved her community in which she lived and her desire was to serve others, to help someone else. And that's why I think that the scripture in Matthew chapter 25 was perfect for her because she really did care if someone needed something and she could help them. She really did want to feed the hungry and give clothes to those who needed it. And that's what she did. She didn't just think about it, that's what she did. And she poured her life into those around her. Uh, just a special, special lady. She touched our lives. If, if you're sitting here today, if you're watching this online, uh, Lita Taylor has touched your life in some way. She has loved you. And, you know, I know that she could feel your love for her, the love that all of you had for her. She could feel that all of her life, but that's really nothing in compare to compare to uh, the love that she is feeling right now, the love that she is experiencing right now. And on top of that, to know that she is having a grand reunion with everyone that she has loved her in her life that has gone ahead of her. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what it sounds like for her to have a family reunion and meet her friends that have gone on before her. And so where, where does that leave us? Because we're still, we're still on this side, aren't we? We're still here and we're still only seeing in part and we're still only knowing in part and only really loving in part. On this side, it hurts to lose somebody that we love. But thanks be to God that we have a God who knows what it's like to be on this side. Through Jesus Christ, we have a God who knows what it's like to really shed real tears and to feel real pain and to know what it's like to need and to give comfort and to need and to receive strength. And that's what we need for today and in the days to come. We have a limited point of view, don't we? And there's only so much that we know, only so much we can understand, only so much. Sometimes I think about our lives like a, a dress rehearsal that, that kind of helps prepare us for the next life and we want to get it right. We, we have time now, we have, as Spence said earlier, we have, we have so many days and in these days that we have, we have a chance. We have a chance to, to get our priorities where they need to be, to get our, our heart where it needs to be, to, to get our, our relationship with God really where it needs to be and with others so that when we transition from this life that we know to the life that Lita is experiencing right now, we'll be ready. We'll be ready for that. In the meantime, we can know the promise of the Lord's peace. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. We, we could let them be troubled. It would be real easy to, but he gives us peace. He gives us grace. And he says, I give you peace that the world doesn't give. You don't have to be troubled. You don't even have to be afraid. Because we have, we have hope to hold on to in this life. And we have the assurance that, that we can see Lita again in the next life. 
as we prepare for that day. Because his promise wasn't just for Lita, it's for us. His promise to come and receive wasn't just for her, it's for us. His promise to, to make a place for us, to prepare a place, was not just for Lita, it's for us too. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind if my place wasn't right next door to Lita's when that day comes. Um, it, today's a day when our hearts are heavy and they're light at the same time, if that makes sense at all. They're heavy and they're light. They're heavy with grief, but they're light. Knowing that the Lord Jesus did for her what he promised and that Lita's death was not really the end at all, but just the beginning. Something that Lita held on to tightly, particularly uh, when she was struggling with her illness was Psalm 91. Um, I'm comforted to know that Lita knew that God was her refuge and her fortress and that she knew that she could trust God. I am comforted to know, and you should be too, that Lita found her place under the shadow of God's wings. I'm comforted to know, and I hope that you are too, that she is at home with God and that she is in a place where she never has to suffer again. She is in a place uh, where there is no cancer, there is no pain, there is no sickness, no, no tears, except maybe tears of joy. Let us pray. God, how thankful we are that we got to experience the life of Lita Taylor, whom we have loved, but Lord, whom you love from the very beginning, from the creation of the world. You knew Lita and you loved her. You provided for her her whole life, Lord. There was never a moment when you weren't there for her. Thank you for being her refuge and her fortress. Thank you for being her Lord and her Savior. Thank you for preparing that place for her so that when she was ready to transition from this life to the next, that she could just take your hand and go with you. And Lord, we ask for your grace and your strength. We need it today but we will also need it for the days to come. Help us, Lord, to put our trust in you in such a way that when we leave this world, we'll see Lita again. All these things we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to ask you now to um, receive this benediction. In life... In death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.
this concludes the, the service today. On behalf of the whole family, I'd like to thank you for being here, and I'd like to thank all of you who are, uh, who are viewing this online for, for being a part of this. Uh, the interment will be uh, in Fort Payne, and um, we will we'll see you there if you make that trip. But thank you again. God bless you.